What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. Uh, big thanks to our friends over here at the Sawdust Podcast Network and Fantasy Alarm for making this whole magical dream team happen. Uh, and Adam, I gotta tell you, this is this is one of those nights where you need to carry me a little bit, only because I just finished up. Well, I'm finishing up. I'm in the process of right now simultaneous 14 team drafts when I was recording some stuff in the middle of the two drafts. And then all of a sudden I was, I don't even remember what round it was in. It was probably like round six or seven. And I went to, I was like, all right, let me go see, you know, what the quarterback situation is. Uh, And I look at the best QB on the board at that point is Jimmy Garoppolo. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Oh my God, this is a super flex. It was a mess, dude. So oh my goodness! I'm all over you... the place here. Tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things that I say all the time to everyone is know your league rules and scoring format. And everyone, I think, sometimes like, well, duh, shouldn't that be obvious? Sometimes it's not, and especially when you do a multitude of drafts, you tend to think, all right, it's probably similar. Yeah, you got to look no, at no, no. the I rules. No, no, I knew it was. Like, I knew it was. Uh, this is the Barf League, the Bay Area Roto Fantasy League. So, like, I know that this is a super flex league, which is for whatever reason, it just didn't register. It just didn't it didn't sink in. I knew it, and it didn't sink in. The worst. It's the worst. But my team, I like my team, actually. I'm going to have to, like, find my, uh, go to my team just so that you can, you can see. Because I got to be honest with you, man. I think I did... You know, considering it's a, it's super flex, um, and I managed Jimmy Garoppolo and Drew Locke, and then I've got, you know, Nick Foles is like the third QB just sitting there. But, you know, forgetting about those QBs early on, I'm like living large with Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones and Chris Godwin and Cortland Sutton. Uh, I've got David Montgomery as an extra running back, uh, Justin Jefferson. Like the team is, you know, it's strong. And then I've got good depth too, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's funny. So my quarterbacks are kind of mediocre, um, possibly sub mediocre. And then, uh, but the rest of the team, the rest of the team, Adam, it slaps. Yeah. When you have that situation, you just need your quarterbacks to be decent. You don't need them to blow up every single week, especially if that base of the team comes through consistently. So, you know, I've, I've talked about this. I have super flex leagues. I've waited on quarterbacks uh, aware that it was a super flex league and still waited and have had success. So I think that's the misconception that people have. And people ask us a lot, well, I'm in a super flex league. What round should I take my quarterback? There's no answer. I mean, you really, I always say you kind of have to read the draft room and get a feel for it. Now it's more difficult to do when you're picking on the ends in the middle. It's much easier. You can see what's going on. Right. I think in home leagues that are super flex, the quarterbacks are going to go off the board quicker. I mean, the league that I was talking about was a lot of industry people. So we tend to wait on quarterbacks. Even in a super flex league, there's some patience there. Uh, the one that I did this year, I had the 12th pick and I waited. I didn't get my quarterbacks till around five and six. And actually looking back on it, I wish I only took one in five and six because there was a quarterback I liked that came back in round seven. But I don't know that at the time. I have to make that decision. And my thinking was, you know what? There are going to be some teams that maybe take a third quarterback. So I don't want to risk it. 
let me just get my second quarterback here. I know there are good receivers and running backs that I'll find. And I still was happy with the team. And one team got burned because they were they were too patient. They thought, oh, well, I'm going to get one of these quarterbacks that I want. And what happened? Two or three teams took their third quarterback before he could get his second. So it obviously backfired. And then he just took like four or five quarterbacks hoping to catch, you know, one or two of them that work out. So it's reading the room uh, and, and then trying to figure it out. Like I never go in with, oh, I have to get my quarterbacks in this round, even in a super flex league. I think you just have to kind of get a feel for the room, read the draft and act accordingly. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is when it comes to to this season in super flex leagues that that wait for the last quarterback, I've I've almost been okay to resign myself, especially if I've got a deep bench, but I've resigned myself to, you know, that last quarterback, you know, spot I could sit and wait and pair up Trubisky and Foles, Tua and Fitzpatrick, uh Tyrod Taylor uh, and Justin Herbert, you know, and just because I mean that's that's it's the backup QB. Yeah, it sucks to have to take up that extra roster spot for a little while, but that QB situation will sort itself out in in all three of those teams much sooner than later. So, you know, I kind of feel like you know you can you can just kind of push off that third guy until the end. You just have to kind of maybe concede a bench spot for a few weeks. Yeah, I don't even always take a third quarterback in a super flex league in that super flex draft that we do for the flex leagues. It's only well, they extended it this year because of COVID. They added two extra rounds, so it's 18 rounds. But when it's been 16 rounds the last couple of years, I didn't take a third quarterback this year since it was 18 rounds. I did. And it was only because Mitch Trubisky fell to, I think, the 17th round. And they even asked me, they said, oh, so were you targeting Trubisky in the 17th round or late? I was like, no, it's just no one took him. I mean, Foles went before, and what if Trubisky is the starter? Yeah. So that's why I took him. And, you know, I don't plan on using him, but, you know, he could be the starter to open the year. And then if he plays well, maybe he keeps the job. Sure, they brought in Foles, paid a lot of money and all that. But with the lack of a preseason, um, and we kind of really haven't heard anything on that situation either. Uh, so, but you never know. And look, if he doesn't, not a big deal. I'll, uh, he could be my first cut. Uh, I'd wait. I'd probably wait and see what happens the first couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, I don't always take a third quarterback in a super flex league. Cause I, I feel like there are always others in the draft who do it, uh, more than me. Cause you, the other thing to keep in mind, remember in super flex, you don't have to flex a quarterback. We right. obviously want to, they score the most points. But if there is a situation where you're like what well, you're listening and you're going, well, what about bye weeks? Well, number one, you figure it out when the bye week comes. There could be a quarterback that you pick up off waivers that becomes a starter. Uh, and especially this year, I personally think we're going to see more injuries. And there's the COVID-19 and we're already seeing injuries in, in just practices. Uh, but you, if worst case scenario is you only have two quarterbacks and then the buys in week seven and you don't have another quarterback, you just flex someone else for that week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not the be all end all. And, you know, you can build your depth in, in other ways. I mean, and, and let's face it. I mean, how many times have you seen uh, a wide receiver outperform a, a very low end QB? Uh, you know, it just doesn't do much. I mean, you know, there there are weeks where a guy like Gardner Minshew can put up like, you know, Eight points. Or uh, Sam Darnold against New England when he threw like four picks. Why you come on, man? Oh, I forgot. You're a Jets fan. My bad. Dude. 
What is this mean? It's like low-hanging fruit. It's a fact, it's though. So Wasn't mean. that one of the worst games last year? That, remember? Uh, it was, was a that, Monday night game, right? Is that the one where he was seeing ghosts? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just had to illustrate the point. No disrespect. Oh, it's not no, like my yeah, team's yeah. already good. No, no disrespect taken. Much. Okay. Like my team's already good. Um, so I share in your misery. I know exactly what it's like. Oh yeah, no, you don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. What? Dude. Like from a Mets Yankees standpoint, you might know what I'm talking about. But from a Cowboys Jets standpoint, come on, that doesn't well, even touch it, it. Well, the Cowboys have been pretty bad for 20 years, dude. The Jets have been bad for 50. <laughs> Uh, Don't you remember true. back in the day when Islander fans would chant 1940 at us? Do you remember those days, Adam? Yeah, those I do. Those were good days. I know, but we always said Potvin sucks, so we always had that. Which was always great. You know, that was actually the best thing. I was at a uh, I was at a fish show in Madison Square Garden, and all of a sudden, Trey, the did it. Went da 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 da, and like I'm and I'm like, listen, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe it, and I'm screaming, Pot Van sucks, and then I end up like listening to the recording, and I was like, wow, those are dedicated like Madison Square Garden people right there, because the whole crowd screamed it too. Like I was, and you know, I mean. Podvan nowadays, you know, nobody knows who he is unless you're like a hardcore hockey fan. So to have that like happen at the fish show, oh man, dude, that was that moved me. It moved me. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. <laughs> Leave it to the boys. Leave it to the band, man. Oh, always so good. So good. All right. So so that was that was my super flex uh team, which really just didn't come out terribly. It just wasn't phenomenal now in the other league which is all the fantasy alarm family um i mean you name like you any name that you've seen in chat on twitter uh hardcore fantasy alarm uh i mean i should probably like name everybody just because you know i don't want to leave anybody out but you know let's see there's jeremy and there's scott and there's mike and mike and there's uh Kangas man is there and uh hope was there and erica was there cheyenne drafted but she wasn't there uh pd stitz was there dude this whole room is just you know they're they're railing pd stitz for his bills homerism and they're all meanwhile they're all poaching every browns player off of uh Kangas man's cue uh, and he's getting all pissed off this you know i mean the Draft was rock solid, but I figured I would do a couple of different things because just want to try and do a couple of different things. And at that same time, I'm also drafting another draft and recording uh, some other stuff. And so I, you know, I did the the things that, you know, you, you, I, I wouldn't normally do, like take Pat Mahomes. You know, I did it. You did it. Wow. What round? Um, I, I think it was like the fourth round. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can do oh, maybe it, but it was I the understand third. No, it. it was the third round, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's generally where we see him go. Maybe second in some leagues. Yeah. I mean, what? yeah, because I, uh, I had Chubb, who I took first, and then I came back and I took Tyreek Hill. And then I think, yeah, when it all came back to me again, that's what I did. I did Mahomes and then David Montgomery, or maybe I did Montgomery and Holmes. I actually can take a look at the draft results and tell you right here, right now, it was... Montgomery in the third and then Mahomes in the fourth. So, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, one of those things. I told you, man, 
when you first joined Fantasy Alarm, I said to you one of the, my favorite things about Fantasy Alarm right now is the is the the community. The community is is just it's unbelievable. It's top rate, and I and I and I seriously, I I dare you to find any other site out there, any other like fantasy site that has the community that Fantasy Alarm has. I I don't think it exists. I'm not going to search. I believe you. Yeah. So. So yeah. So now we're going to have to rope you into one of these leagues, Adam, so that you oh, too can on, play man. along, and they can use your rankings against you. <laughs> no, I don't. Hopefully, they don't disagree with my rankings. I don't. You know, I I feel like you and I are relatively close on a number of like a number of players. I was surprised actually how close our baseball rankings were. Football were a little bit off, a little more off than than that. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I, 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 study systems and win championships. Oh, what? I don't win any championships. <laughs> I don't know, man. I always thought of you more as a baseball guy. Why does it? I, that's not true, man. I, I know. I'm football too <laughs> and basketball, man. Dude, of course I know that. Are you kidding me? Dude, we like again. This is like the first time that we've actually worked together. But I have, I've sat there and marked and tracked your career the entire time, as well. I know very much what you're capable of. Please, are you kidding? Like I wanted you for, you know, working you with you for years. Well, thank you. I appreciate Finally. that. But yes, you know that uh, I'm always going to be competitive in any league I'm in. We can't win them all, but I'm always going to be in the mix. There's no question about that unless my entire team gets covid oh man i said this year i'm like if there's any year that i could finish last in baseball it's this and i'm in six leagues i haven't checked tonight but i was going into the day at top four in all of them so i was like and look we've all had injuries and everything it might not last it could easily turn around next week and you know it could change but uh just Glad that I am in that position. Now I kind of just want the season to end uh, so I can get that money. <laughs> <laughs> right? Just cut it now, right? Everybody, oh, everybody's got COVID. Meanwhile, yeah, one though, <laughs> meanwhile, no positive tests in the NBA, none in the NHL. And now we're hearing that in the NFL, those 77 positives were a contaminated uh, place in uh, in Jersey that, that like screwed it up. And now they're saying that they've got like 230,000 test done for for nfl personnel and nobody's got it yeah it's uh, it's kind of odd i mean like it's good right but isn't it kind of odd like really it's they're not in a bubble like it's all different cities i mean look i'm happy i want football obviously to go on so i you know it's funny because i think the average person is not sure about the nfl i was playing softball and someone asked me they said so what's going on with the nfl are they gonna play i'm like yeah, they've been practicing. So I think that the average person who's not following this on a day-to-day basis, like you and me and the people listening, I think there are still people out there who are unsure what's going on with the NFL. Yeah, I, I would say so. I would say so. I mean, listen, that's one of the reasons why, you know, why we ran the deal at uh, at Fantasy Alarm. What we've said to everybody, uh, you know, at the site, if you buy – 2020 NFL package and the season gets canceled, we, we, you know, you've got 2021. We'll just give you 2021. Like we're not going to, 
you know, screw you out of that. And I think, yeah, that's actually, uh, you know, people have kind of woken up to that and realize, okay, well, I mean, this, I, I've got nothing to lose, you know, to, to buy it now and have it for next year. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that there are still a lot of people who are kind of freaked out about it. I mean, I, you, you deal with emails and tweets and stuff like that. I mean, tons of people are asking you about league setup still, aren't they? Yeah. And, you know, that's something you could put in place. I mean, I know uh, for my leagues where I'm commissioner, it's going to be 10 weeks that we need to play at least and, you know, made the payouts accordingly, more so points uh, and record because you can't play a championship. But, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? We can only go based on what we've seen. And look, baseball has had their issues. We've seen several teams now affected by it. And the season has gone on. And uh, the Mets have to play nine games in the next six days. Uh, obviously, the Marlins and the Cardinals are in a worse situation where they have a ton to make up. So they're playing on. And I have to imagine the NFL would do the same. Now, it's probably a little bit easier for them because it's once a week, not as much travel. Uh, but I'm sure they have some type of contingency plan in place. And, you know, they could always delay things. But I would say this for those that are hesitant. Just play. I mean, fantasy football is something you love, even if you don't do it for the same fee, maybe a reduced fee. Maybe you just do it for fun. But play. Don't we have so much going on. Don't let fantasy football be taken away from you. Because uh, as of right now, we're, we're going to start two weeks from Thursday is game one. So it doesn't feel like it, maybe because we don't have preseason games and it's just practice reports. But it's going to happen. So start preparing for your drafts <laughs> yeah. and get ready to put together a last second league if you haven't, because we all know there's so many people who love fantasy football and it's a part of your life on Sundays, uh, even if you're just a casual player and you don't watch every game and you rely on us at Fantasy Alarm to provide you all the details because you can't watch for whatever reason. You know, Don't be left out because uh, you're going to regret it. I don't want you to sit there on week one. And be like, man, I don't have a fantasy football team. Why didn't I draft? I should have known the season was going to happen. So we still have time. So get in a draft. Could you imagine watching a football game, Adam, where the ticker at the bottom is completely meaningless to you? I cannot because I don't <laughs> think that is – I haven't done that in so long, man. I mean, look, we – just like 10, 15 minutes ago, we were talking about like how bad our teams are. Look, fantasy sports has got me – through it you know my teams are not winning championships thank goodness i have fantasy sports to win championships and to make watching these games meaningful in addition to sports betting i mean really that's what does it um because the mets have have done shit for me um the rangers it's been since 94 now they are look 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 it looks like the future is pretty good they got the number one pick and probably some cap room and some good young players and the Cowboys have just been torpedoed by Jason Garrett. Now, I don't know if Mike McCarthy's the answer, but they can't get much worse. Um, so, yeah, my my professional sports teams have not really brought much joy. That's where fantasy sports and sports betting comes in. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people just like, oh, I have my teams and that's it. Like, I've heard some people say they won't play fantasy football because – they can't root for another team in the division. Like, what? Like, as much as I despise the Eagles, the Washington football team, and the Giants, I could have a player of those guys on my team. 
It doesn't mean I'm rooting for the other team to win. I want Barkley to have a big game, but for the Giants to lose. There's no <laughs> issue with that, right? I mean, that's that's it. That That's 100%. You're 100%. You know, I mean, it's, it's so funny. Once you're bit by the fantasy bug, I mean, it really does. I mean, like. You know, let me, you know, you're bringing that up. Let me, I'm sorry to interject, but I want to ask you something because the way you were transitioning has fantasy sports dampered your passion for your teams? Cause I've heard a lot of people say yes. For me, it hasn't yet. How about for you? No, no, not at all, man. I still, I absolutely, I'm super passionate about my Jets, my Yankees. Um, you know, I mean, I, hockey lost me in general. Um, but like, you know, but I ended up getting pulled back in because of fantasy. So, and, and, you know, no, I'll never, I'll never, my allegiances are my allegiances because that's what, see, that's the thing is like, that's what I grew up with. Like I was, I was a passionate fan before I jumped into fantasy. And I think, you know, that's, you know, that, that's the root and that, that'll never die that, you know, being a, a little kid at Yankee stadium for the first time. Uh, you know, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter how many waiver wire questions I have to answer. Like I'll still always love the Yankees. Yeah. I feel the same way, man, except with the Mets. I despise the Yankees, uh, for the record, but yeah, I'm the same why, way. Why I was do you always... despise? Why do you, uh, let's get to the root of that. Why do you despise? I, I think, I don't know if we've had this discussion. So first of all, everyone thinks it's because they win a lot. Not true. I hated the Yankees in the eighties. When they didn't win. In fact, I went to the Baseball Hall of Fame as a kid, decked out in a Mets uniform with the blue stirrup socks, took a picture of that Babe Ruth statue in Cooperstown, took my Mets hat, put it in front of his face to cover up the Yankees, and took a picture. So that was in the 80s. So I hated the Yankees that's back then. That's, that's just disrespectful. I was a little dude. I was seven or eight, man. So this goes way back. I don't know where it came from. It's not like anyone told me. I just... Maybe it's I just correlated like, oh, Yankees, the other New York team, so they're bad. I, honestly, I don't know where it came from. I just know that I've hated the Yankees since I was a kid. In the 80s, when they didn't win, it has nothing to do with the 90s. I hated them before that. So that's what everyone thinks. Like, oh, well, you're just jealous. No, I hated them in the 80s. They didn't win anything when I was a kid. They, were, they didn't win anything in the 80s. The problem and the Mets is, were the team that. Mets fans just even see, and that's the thing. And, you know, we see this a lot with rivalries. There's always one team that no matter how much success they achieve, they still always come in inferior because for them, it's not about winning the championship. For them, it's winning the championship and rubbing it in the face of the other team. No, like, nah, see, that's not true. If the Mets won the World Series, I wouldn't rub it. I would enjoy it. Like that would be, like I. That's what I. That's the one championship. Right, but when I they really they won want. in '86, and yeah, but I was young. I don't remember it. Okay. I don't have vivid memories. Like I would appreciate it way more if it happened now, as an adult. When I go to so many games, you know, I would go to 15, 20 games a year. I mean, I grew up less than a mile from the stadium, so. It would mean more. I don't really remember it as a kid. I didn't go to the parade, so that's why. But I'm, I know there are some Mets fans who are just, you know, just what you described. But I'm not one of them. I, but like I said, I've just I've hated them since I was a kid. It has nothing to do with them winning because I hated them before they won those championships in the 90s. 
Yeah, but you know what? Even even as bad as they were in the eighties, and and you know, spending all that stupid money on all those crap free agents, they were still they were still the Yankees, and they you know, and and coming off of the late seventies and how amazing those teams were, kind of helped carry the momentum, uh, you know, for the Yankees. You know, you still had Donnie Baseball there, and he was you know the big class act, and uh, you know. But I mean, you know, so I think there is there's still that aura uh, about them. It's it's no different here. You know, Giants fans and Dodgers fans, you know, they both came over from New York. They hated each other back in New York. Now they're out here in California. They hate each other. The Dodgers were working off a tremendous success while the Giants were like. And then it was um, what was it in 2010 when they won the, the World Series? Um, you know what everybody's big thing was? The, the the most important thing to everybody wasn't about the ring ceremony and it wasn't about raising the championship banner. It was the uh, the GoFundMe page that was making, you know, ridiculous money uh, to go fly a banner over Dodger Stadium the following opening day that says San Francisco Giants 2010 World Champions beat LA. Like that was what was important to them. Like, I mean, how, how, how inane is that? Like you can't, and to this day, you're talking about three championships in five years. And yet they still, it's all about how they stack up against the Dodgers. And, and it's just, it's, it's depressing. And I think, I think a lot of, I think that happens with Mets and Yankees fans. I think it happens with Cubs and White Sox fans. Um, You know, anywhere where you're seeing these, uh, you know, multiple teams in a city. Yeah, I guess that's the case. Cubs and White Sox, though. You talk about uh, not many championships. No. There you go between those two. <laughs> and the Giants, yeah, I mean, Giants did a hell of a job. And the Dodgers, man, it's been a minute. Uh, we, that's the. Do you think if the Dodgers win this year that people will say, well, it wasn't a real season, so it's not a real championship? Oh, I think no matter who wins the who World wins it? Series, yeah. they'll, they'll say that. No matter who. Uh, that That's kind of unfortunate. I mean, I understand the way it's set up, and it is def. I mean, because we're going to probably say that about fantasy baseball, too. I'm sure people are going to say, well, yeah, you know, we just played it out, but it's different. It's two months. That would be kind of unfortunate for the Dodgers, though. I mean, because they've had one of the best teams for years. And looking at the National League, we all know anything can change in the postseason, especially now with the expanded playoffs. I just, to me, they're clearly the best team in the National League. I mean, you look at what the National League East has right now. The Braves have major problems with their pitching. The Nationals have had injuries. Phillies can't find any answer to their bullpen. Uh, The Marlins, I'm not buying. I don't think the Cubs are for real. The Reds have been a major disappointment, man. I mean, people were excited about this team, rightfully so. Thank you. Dude, you look at their pitching staff Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer. I mean, what the hell? And they can't win. I mean, they're they're five under 500 right now. I mean, there's a chance they don't even get in the playoffs. Uh, there's still time to turn it around, but um, the Cardinals obviously are going to have a, a major way to jam in games. I mean, you can make a case the Padres are the second best team right now, and they have issues in the back end of their bullpen right now and potentially with the starting staff. I, I, it's hard not to pick the Dodgers right now. Um, it's very difficult not to pick the Dodgers. I mean, I mean. You basically you just summed it all up there, but I mean there is no other. 
I mean, you know, the Braves and what happened to their pitching. Uh, the Phillies are inconsistent. Strasburg's still hurt for the Nats. Who knows what's there? The Centrals, uh, yeah, I mean, ugh, uh, the Reds, dude. The Reds, that's that's the one that pisses me off the most. Like that. I mean, this was a huge opportunity for them. A huge, short huge. You have, you have the pitching, man. You go into the playoffs, and I know Bauer suffered his first loss tonight, gave up four runs against the Brewers. Uh, that's that's why when you think that sports wagering is easy, you got to look at baseball tonight. Reds, Brewers, right? Brewers have been terrible. Trevor Bauer's been unhittable. What happens? Brewers win, man. It's just, it's never as easy as you think. I mean, the same thing uh, for Wager Alarm tonight. I took the Texas Rangers. I mean, right? A's are the best team. Well, one of the best teams, 20 and 9. They're on a roll. Texas came in on an eight game losing streak. But Lance Lynn was on the mound. And Lance Lynn's been phenomenal this year. Jesus Lazardo was on the mound for the A's, but he doesn't pitch as well on the road. And I just said, Texas is an underdog. I'm taking Lance Lynn as an underdog at home. And, you know, they did win. Uh, it took uh, Rafael Montero getting out of a bases loaded one out situation <laughs> with a one run lead in the ninth, but he got Matt Olson to strike out and Matt Chapman to fly out to right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the National League, it's just, and we know things change quickly, but the Dodgers are just loaded and they're clearly the best. Whereas in the American League, a lot more entry. As many injuries as the Yankees have, we have seen them overcome this. Uh, Tampa Bay's good. Minnesota's good. Cleveland's good if they bring Clevenger back or trade him. Um, the A's are good. And as many injuries as the, as the Astros have had, they've been able to overcome it, even though they got swept by the Padres over the weekend. But way more intrigue in the American League, a lot more balanced. Uh, I think it's going to be a more fun playoffs there. National League is just there. Too many teams got hammered by injuries, especially on the pitching side. Oh, man. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. Well, I, I think how many teams? I think wait, it's how many teams? Make, is it twelve teams make the playoffs from each league? No, boy, no, twelve from each league. <laughs> is it six from each league? How, I think it's six from each league, right? How are they doing yeah. This? How are they? Because <laughs> I'm trying I think to think. So. Oh, the, you know what I what I really wanted to know is where where would you like to see Clevenger end up? Oh, where? Let me see. Um, like, for fantasy or for for fantasy, I don't, I don't, I don't give a crap for real, real baseball. Screw fantasy, real baseball where, right now. Fantasy, where would I like San Diego? You want to see him end up in San Diego, get the wins? He's got the great park, yeah, offense behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah they need yeah. a they could use a pitcher. I like, I, yeah, I thought you know, you, you could have said Oakland too, that would have been an interesting one. Oh, that. That's it. Oh, yeah. They really they need a horse like that, man. They got too many, too many kids. Too many, yeah, man. Like Lazardo, like you're gonna pu- push him that hard in the playoffs. Like, no, he's finally gone past five innings. But yeah, that that's that's a pretty good one. But would they trade it? Would they want to trade him to an American League team? I don't. I don't think they care about trading him to the American League. I know they don't want to trade him within the division. Um, it's just it's a matter. of... Like, is Clevenger the type of guy, though, that, that the A's will go and pick up? Do they have the prospects to 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 throw him in there? I mean, that's that'd be that, that that's gonna be a tall order to trade for Clevenger. I think the Padres actually have the farm system still to do it. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. There's 16 teams in the playoffs? Yeah, eight from oh, each. Oh my. Eight from eight. Oh my goodness, man. 
That's crazy. <laughs> that is insane. Right? That's what I'm saying. So any team, any team that wins it all this year, they're just going to say, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it, that's that's a disadvantage for the Dodgers. For the good teams, it's a disadvantage because now you you got to do more to get through. And we've seen it. I mean, look at with the playoffs, the way they changed it, how difficult it's been for the Dodgers. I said it last year. I was like, the Dodgers better not face the Nationals because if they do, worse matchup. I mean, I, I was surprised how bad the Nationals started last year because I picked them to win the NL East. Right. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that they're struggling like this. And then they just turned it around. And that's the thing. You go into the playoffs with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin in a short series, man, you are dangerous. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why the Reds better pick it up because Bauer, Sonny Gray, who am I missing? Why why, why am I forgetting? Uh, Luis third. Castillo. Yes, who has not been great. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's a – their bullpen has been a problem. Their which, bullpen has definitely been an issue. Most teams – there's not many teams that have good – I mean, we thought the Padres had a good bullpen. It has not been good. I know Emilio Pagan has been better his last couple outings, but his overall numbers for the year are not good. Then Pomerantz gets hurt. Kirby Yates gets hurt. So um, there's a lot of teams. Yeah, but they had, they had, they at least had some decent depth behind it. I mean, it's not great, but they had decent depth behind it. But the, we the, thought the, it was the, the guys. The, the bullpen for the Reds just is suck right now. Like Michael, yeah, like what happened to Michael Lorenzo? Yeah, I mean Iglesias has been shaky at times too. Yeah, I mean that's been that's been colossally disappointing. Colossal. A lot of teams have bad bullpens, though, man. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, again, eight teams making it from from each uh, each league. Mets still won't make it. What a no, they disaster. won't, dude. Get off your Mets. What a disaster! Man. All right, I'll tell you what. Before let's uh, let's uh, let's give a shout out to uh, Monkey Knife Fight, our wonderful friends over there. Uh, you guys got to get over to Monkey Knife Fight, and here's why. <laughs> Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. So big thanks to our sponsors over at Monkey Knife Fight. Always doing... Uh, a fantastic, fantastic job. Um, I believe uh, Nick Salski from Monkey Knife Fight is going to make an appearance on the uh, on the Fantasy Alarm Show on Tuesday. So uh, you might want to chime in. If you have any questions about Monkey Knife Fight, now's the time. Uh, tune in because uh, 
once once everything kicks up for for football, you're not going to want to be left behind at all. All right, Adam, let's wrap things up here as the uh, as the Lakers are smacking the crap out of the Portland Trailblazers. We got two games tomorrow uh, in the NBA. Uh, I'll start you off here. Utah against the Nuggets. Uh, Utah favored by three, over under 221 and a half. Uh, nice money line there. Minus 152 favoring the Jazz. It's only plus 128 for Denver. Um, this almost seems like a, a coin flip here. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if what Denver's mindset is going to be. They won game one in overtime, and the Jazz were up most of the game. Uh, they got they lost in pretty badly in games two and especially three. They came to play in game four, and they had the lead. It was back and forth, and then the Jazz pulled away late. And Donovan Mitchell has just been an assassin in these playoffs. Now, the Jazz only won by two. So if you had Denver getting three, three and a half, which is what I had, then they covered. But Donovan Mitchell had 51 points. Jamal Murray had 50 himself. But Denver's defense has been an absolute disaster. Uh, They've been picking on Michael Porter. They took him out of the starting lineup last game. Denver just has no answers for Utah, which is kind of surprising. Mike Conley has played very well. Remember, he kind of struggled in the regular season as he acclimated to his new team. Uh, Rudy Gobert had a double-double last game. Uh, the Jazz shot 57.5% from the field, man. I mean, Denver shot 49% and lost. Uh, the Jazz shot 48.3% from three-point range. So you look at that and you go, they can't maintain that. Like, that has got to come down. Uh, but I'm just not sure where Denver's mindset is. Like, was that the punch that knocked them out? Uh, so I'm going to go with the over on this. I'm not sure where I lean on the game yet as far as the three. Um, but I would take the over because uh, I think Denver has had no answer. And if they don't show up, then Utah can run it up. And then we don't need many points from Denver to get this over. Uh, so I'm going to go with the over right now. All right. I like it. Over 221 and a half. As always, again, you'll have to check in uh, with Wager Alarm tomorrow to see if Adam is leaning on the other way. If the line moves at all, uh, we'll keep you informed. So, all right. I like the over here, Utah-Denver. Uh, Mavs Clippers. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Clippers favored by six and a half. Over-under is 236. Moneyline leans Clippers minus 265. It's a plus 215 for the Mavs. Pivotal game five. Yeah, I think everyone's going to take the Clippers here, right? Getting six and a half. It's a large number. They have looked good in this series. Luka just put on an epic performance in game four with that game-winning shot in overtime. Just a six stat line. Uh, The Clippers won game three by eight. Uh, Clippers lost game one. I mean, won game one uh, by eight. So when they've won, they've won both games by eight. And they lost by 14 and lost by two. Uh, I'm leaning towards Clippers here. I just think everyone is going to be on Dallas getting six and a half. And it kind of scares me. And I kind of took the Clippers... In this spot in game three, I said, you know, it was 1-1. Dallas was impressive. They won by 14. And I said, the Clippers are going to show up, and they're really going to come to play. And they did. I mean, they covered the spread, not like they dominated. They won by eight. Uh, But uh, we don't know if Porzingis is going to play. My guess is he will. Uh, 
I just think the Clippers are going to show why they're one of the best teams this year. Now, Paul George has got to wake up, man. I mean, this is three terrible games in a row. Shot three of 14 last game. So I think they need to find a way to get him going early. And not with shots from the outside. Create opportunities for him around the rim to get easy baskets. To get his confidence up. To maybe get him to the free throw line. He went to the free throw line twice last game. So I think the Clippers have to do that. Kawhi's going to show up. He does every game. Uh, and Lou Williams was excellent last game as well. Uh, so my early inclination is Clippers minus six and a half. Because I think everyone is going to take Dallas. Right? Don't you think? I mean, coming well, off the game. After, like, oh. after Doncic and, and that performance and – uh, you know, yes, I definitely agree with you. Everybody's going to want to ride that Mavericks momentum uh, and forget that the Clippers are uh, a deep team, uh, the better team, uh, and to and to have that happen. I, I totally agree with you. It's it's the, uh, you know, betting Dallas with the points right now is like it's like the sucker bet. I don't know if it's a sucker bet. I could be wrong. And maybe Dallas, Dallas wins this no, series. I'm, I'm but... with you on the Clippers, man. Like, I, you know, not even like following basketball as close as you. Just simple like wagering stamp from a, a standpoint. You know, I see stuff like this happens in uh, in the NFL all the time. And, yeah. You know, and I look at a line uh, and I, you know, I know the momentum. I know what everybody's thinking. Um, you know, it's like when you, when, when I put my picks in for the super contest, one of the first things that I look at was, is when they, uh, they tell everybody, you know, who the consensus picks are and you start, you see that the top five picks, I know that if I have one of my picks or some of my picks in that top five, I know I'm losing it. Like I'm just, you know, all those, all those hotels in Vegas. I love the phrase. All those hotels in Vegas were built by the public being wrong. Right. Yeah. And I just feel like in this game, like you said, it's fresh in the minds of people that that shot has been played, replayed over and over. Dallas is a great story and people are rooting for the underdog yeah. for the great story. Um, and I, I could be wrong here, but I've believed in the Clippers all season long. I've definitely seen some things from them that bother me, but I also think Dallas is a really good team. Uh, and Luca is a hell of a player. I mean, and they're going to be like, well, he did. They won without Porzingis, and then maybe Porzingis comes back, and I just everything kind of went their way in that game. But I think the Clippers come out and just play very well, and uh, I lean right now towards them covering the number. Uh, and my leans here yesterday were good, and after I did more reviews, because <laughs> uh, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday on the podcast, I said I like the Bucks. To cover the heat to cover, I changed that and went with the Pacers six and a half. And that game was cl- Pacers just screwed it up down the stretch. They didn't cover, but they were in it the whole way. I said I liked the Thunder to to cover the spread and potentially win. I didn't write that game up on Wager Alarm. Thunder won. Uh, I was just flat out wrong on the Blazers, man. I just I thought they would at least be competitive, and they just got absolutely trounced. So. Um, uh, but also got baseball picks up there. Won the first game of the night. Had Texas as an underdog. They won. And I have Houston. Uh, and they are currently up 9-4 in the top of the seventh. So uh, baseball picks have been pretty good lately. There you go. Flex those muscles, baby. Flex those muscles. All right. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Big thanks to all of you out there for listening. Uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, spread the word. Like. Subscribe. 
Tell your friends. Adam Ronis, Howard Bender, uh, hanging out here for Anti Up. We'll be back again uh, tomorrow. We'll check in and see how Adam's picks are, uh, are running their way. But so far, so good, Mike. Uh, I'm loving that. Um, all right, well, I think uh, that's going to cover it. And, uh, yeah, I just thanked everybody anyway. So let me just shut up and get the hell out of here. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Better. Thanks for listening to Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.